Did you know this is our 34th episode of Podcasters? Does that mean technically right now we're podcast veterans? We are veterans. Also, like we need another 500 to match like friends. Is that only episode they've got? There's a lot of episodes. <laughs> we get you'll be able to watch us get old on the front of camera and, and fatter. Like, oh, they're fluctuating, aren't they? They he's skinny at it. Oh, he's really fat today. Um, we're back taking care of business this week. We're actually talking about Dubai property market forecast for 2022 with our crystal balls. With our crystal balls, yes, uh, amongst lots of other. Slightly controversial subjects, which we're going to touch on. Holiday home scams being one of them. Uh, launches for last week, Monday to Friday. Novak Djokovic, we've got some exciting subjects. To, and and obviously, NFTs and digital land. Virtual land, which we are talking about last night. We're going to kick off, really, with uh, prices, what we think will happen in Dubai in 2022. Obviously, we've seen a huge 2021, not just for us, but for the country also. So 2021, we saw the record amount of revenue ever generated of property sales, 151 billion, which is the highest since 2009. So the question we always get asked is, what's gonna happen in 2022? So for me, how we look at it, when we talk about a crystal ball and where we see things are gonna go, and you can see podcasts we've done from years ago where we've said, this can happen and things have come true. I always go back to the same thing, when I was on the radio and the market was going down, and I stood with Richard Dean from um, Dubai Eye, and I said, Rich, the market is going up. The market's going up. And everyone's like, they were laughing at the market's going down. And then six months later, bang, it went up. Um, so how we do that is we look at stats such as how many buyers registered, how many listings registered, how many viewings to sale ratio. And the good thing about what we do is we do it based on live data. When the media reports it, they report it six months after we've sold it. Obviously, it's got to go through yeah, it's always a execution of agreeing the sale to, it, to completion. So where do I think it's going to go? I've read somewhere recently saying that five to six percent. I think that's a realistic figure. I don't see the market going down. I think that you've got to look at two factors: the sale price and the listing price. I think there's been a lot of owners over the last two years that have really tried their luck. The the uh, what do we call them? The speculative sellers. Speculative sellers, and I think they listed their properties way above what they wanted, and they achieved a figure that maybe was the market value. So I think that the market value sales will continue to creep up. I said back in the last year, and it's, I think I'm going to stick with this, this thought process this year, we will see single digit growth throughout the course this year. So anywhere between five, nine, nine and a half percent. I think like last year with Dubai, it is very seasonal. So you tend to have a, a quite a, bit of a big spike first four months of the year. Yeah. As we get to summer where naturally a big part of the population leave the country for vacation, get yeah. off school, you tend to see a slightly quieter period and then a big jump up as we run up to the winter months. I actually see that ringing true this year. I see, you know, just just from what we've seen the first two weeks this year, it's been mind-blowing, the activity of um, transactional transactions value. actually happening, not just number of deals, but the value in terms of deal sizes. So I see a real busy four months and I see it flattening out, maybe coming down a little bit during the summer and then a spike um, at the end of the year, which will take us to that 6 to 9%. Um, uh, it's not nine percent mark, so I think they have it live from Mystic Meg. I know. <laughs> and don't don't quote me on no, this. You quote, come back at the end of the year. Carl Allsop said on the sixteenth of January, nine point five percent. Because you went into the actual decimal point, nine point five percent is what you've actually given. That's what I feel will happen this year. <laughs> I mean, you got to look at stats as well. I think there's going to be seventeen thousand houses forecast to hand over over the course of the next 12 months. I mean, there's two factors to look at. If there's only 17,000 houses handing over, that's not a lot. Do I think there's gonna be 17,000 new people entering the country? Definitely. 
my inbox is absolutely loaded with people saying to me, I'm moving from the UK, I'm moving from Italy, I'm moving from wherever it may be, can I move to Dubai? So that's just my, you might have people I was moving. surprised when I seen the number. Uh, we got the numbers from DataFinder um, and their, their numbers basically said that, you know, 17,000 were handed over this year and of which there's actually not many townhouses and villas that are handing over, which is a huge part of the market. What, so, what, what, what will happen for anyone that's watching that's not in the property market, if there's an increase, an increase in buyers and there's not a lot of property properties available, what happens? Price to go up. It's a good place to be if you're a homeowner. What my head of recruitment, Cameron, said in one of his uh, recent social uh, social media quotes was, 2022 was the year of the great reopening. I actually think in Dubai, 2022 is the year of new homes and developer sales. But also, and also for the market. I think for the market. I think, that, I think this year you will see a larger number of launches versus last year. And I do think a large part of the market will veer towards newer properties. I still think there'll be huge appetite for secondary, but I think that the last quarter of last year shown that there's a big change in developer sales happening versus yeah. Versus secondary. I mean, they pulled the brakes on, didn't they? If you go back two years ago, they completely pulled the brakes. And I think even email was launching once every couple of months. We're like, what's going on? I don't know whether that's a directive from the top to say we don't want to get oversupplied. Um, and then what happens is developers are launching what I would call niche projects or ready properties or something that's a bit unique. So a perfect example of this is Jamil Golf States. Yeah. So they launched Tower F, which is a ready property. 780,000 dirhams for a one bedroom apartment. And I think about 1.3 or 1.4 million for a two bedroom golf course facing. So it just reminded me of 2000 and 2011, 12 again, where they were la- they launched it. And our head of developer sales, Finton was there with his whole team and they were queuing with tokens. Queues of people and uh, of the 13, 14 clients that, that we had, we only got a very small handful of deals and that basically it sold out. So. That tells me a couple of things. One, obviously, this particular incentive where it was a payment plan over six years, so you got your keys after 10%. I just want to talk about that, okay. 10%. So anybody that's watching this, I was talking to some very senior figures in banks, and anybody that follows the post-payment plan schedule understands that there's two factors to it. First of all, you get in cheap, as in like the actual money outlay, yeah. but you probably pay a little bit more premium on the value of the property. So I was talking to our um, our downtown team about it and I was explaining why it really works and why we've invested in it as well. Um, so you put 10% down, so if you use a one-bedroom uh, one apartment in this Tower F and why it works amazing. 780,000 down, 10% down, so you put 78K to buy an apartment. Happy? I'm very happy, and your keys. You Get your keys, most importantly. So there's no mortgage on it because yeah. you've got a payment plan. You rent it for absolute bottom price, 50K? Yeah. Okay, so if you set up for any banker and said to them, if you give me 75K, I will give you back 50. So your ROI is 75% approximately on your money. On your first payment. So it's money on money. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And then when you go to year two, you make another instrument of 10%. Yeah. And when that 10% is paid, okay, you're half a yield. You're now getting 35% money on your money. Yeah. And there's no interest now, uh, no mortgage on that. So the actual money on money is amazing. But the other factor to look at for anyone that's interested in property, if you're not, this is going to boring to you. So you take an average interest rate of 3%, yeah? Mm-hmm. You times it by 20 years, that's 60% yeah. in interest. So if you buy a house for a million dirhams, you end up paying 600,000 dirhams in interest. Yeah. Meaning if you buy it with a developer on a payment plan, yes, you pay 10% more, you pay no interest. You know, every property I bought off plan developer, and it might be a bit of luck, might be timing, 
every property I bought has has made money in capital appreciation before I even got the keys. Yeah. So I think you know if if you're buying off planet and you're looking three four years ahead, there's a very good chance the price will actually grow anyway over the course of the time that it's it's ready to be built. You've had the same. You know, you've had properties in Jamiro Golf States where. Whatever you bought it for, you sold it for more money later on down the line. Yeah, but I mean, you've got to take the ride, haven't you? Because they go down. You when the market dips, you fucking you look, you look at recent sold transactions. You're like, oh, for Christ's sake, man! And then you see them sell again. I mean, one of my friends sold one of his villas, the same one for I think two point eight million, and then I sold that same villa four or five months later, hanging on for it. I think so for three point four. So you've just got to go through the ride, and for, that's just how the Dubai market is, isn't it? What other no- notable launches? So a land list uh, launched last week, Peninsula, I wanted something in Business Bay. Yeah. Looks incredible. It's, made, it's by Select Group, right? Select Group. Um, it is a city within a city, uh, high-end waterfront development, sold out the first towers within the, the days, of, days of the launch. Um, it just looks like you've got some amazing developments across... Um, Across the business bay now, so you've got the SLS, yeah. which we're doing a few transactions with recently. They're offering fractional ownership, yes, that's so 780,000 dirhams to own a quarter of a property, which fractional ownership is quite a new thing, and yeah. you gain yield on that money. And they're guaranteeing you a return on investment in 10 years' time, correct? It's guaranteed to buy it back off you. Got the Dorchester, yes, Dorchester. Anyone knows Dorchester is absolutely super high. I end. said to our MD yesterday, now, business bay today, you may have. You know, different opinions, but I am extremely bullish about Business Bay. There is no way SLS, Dorchester, nor all these other massive brands. There was the vision, and it's going to be some a place destination for the future. And same with Select. You know, I've, I, what I love about what they've done is I love the new ones which just launched their duplex podiums on the front of the water. Duplex or duplex? Duplex. Duplex. E double O P L E. Is that you do? You might a duplex podiums on the water. Oh wow! I mean, it's like. You're really getting a villa in downtown, which doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the beauty of Business Bay over downtown when we talk about the peninsula, is that you have a river that boats can go through. Yeah. It is, it, you know. Dingies. Dingies, yeah, yeah. anything you want. But you, you look at that and it's just, that is a unique development. I mean, there are negatives to Business Bay as a whole, which is being ironed out like it always will. When you've got third party developers building different buildings, you're always going to find that the road works and the setup isn't going to be there initially. Lack of uniformity across the whole development. Correct. But that will change. I yeah. mean, with the master developer in charge and making sure that everything is working out well, there is enough high-end developments. Just look at location. Way. It's the old cliche, location. The location is insane. Last night we were talking a message, or I was talking one way on a message to my management team, and I was sending a few screenshots about virtual land. And recently you've had quite a lot of requests in boxes or friends of friends actually asking your opinion yeah. on virtual land. Yeah. <laughs> What's your take on it? <laughs> it is a wild subject. So I want to talk about digital land and NFTs again. We talked about it last week, so I'm really trying to learn it. And I want to share my journey with people and what I'm going through. So two things. We both bought NFTs last yeah. week and I'm just playing around. So I bought a cheap one and it weren't I'm sure it's not even verified to be honest with you. I bought this <laughs> I, I, this I, is not investment advice no, do everybody do not take investment on NFTs take on property advice from yeah. me so I bought this NFT and it said Gary V on it and it was a JV with Leon Payne for one day and I thought this is a bit weird and how I went and did it is I went and tested uh, you know highest to lowest price so I went lowest yeah. price and I don't know what I bought there's this angel <laughs> in a bubble and it's like I don't even know what it's it's weird mate so I thought do you know what it's 700 I'm going to punt it here and go for it bang so I put it on there 
And I tried to verify the new price and it's not even like showing anywhere. <laughs> but the reason I did that, and there's a backstory to it, is I went on to Clubhouse, which is an app you can get over here yeah. where you can, like an audio chat room where you can listen to businesses. And someone was talking about NFTs and there's something called Fluff Bunnies. Yeah. So Fluff Bunny is an NFT, it's a digital art that, that you buy. And my understanding behind Fluff Bunnies is that at some point they're gonna convert into digital tokens. This is where, where it looks like it's going. So where art you buy, it's a bit like at some point it will become a crypto yeah. effectively. Anyway, so I went to buy one at $4,000 and I tried to do it and my account wasn't verified. You need to put your passport yeah, in, yeah. didn't you? And I couldn't do it, it just wouldn't let me do it. So I went back in the next day, my passport's going to get it done. Guess how much that fluff money was, the one that I wanted to buy, the minimum buy-in. I'm, we were talking about it, it was eight, dollars $10,000. $24,000 buy-in to get that. Mad, in two days. That means all the transactions, they've all sucked up them, the prop- properties of that. So the way the NFT and digital world has gone crazy, and then I've had questions about the digital land. Mm. I still can't get my head around it. <laughs> oh, so, so just to kind of paint a picture, I was on my laptop last night, I've got a WhatsApp group, I'm sharing messages with Lewis and my other managers in the, in the group. And I've sent them the screenshots. So basically I logged into something called Decentraland. It's, it's, uh, it's a token, it's called Mana. You can buy, buy tokens today. So I've gone onto this this uh, this website, create an avatar, and you walk. Basically, you're man walking around the land. Did you walk around? I'm walking. Is around. that you? The picture that's that you're me. I've got little, my, my my keyboard. I'm walking around this land. I'm in there. The shops there. You can go into shops. You can buy art. It's mad. The maddest thing in the world. Do you need VR for it or not? No. So you, on your laptop. I'm on my laptop. I'm walking around. And I've gone into a food shop. I can buy art. It's just crazy. What do you do with the food? I don't know. Does your avatar eat? And you pay real money for your digital man to eat food. But this is the craziest part. So obviously, Lewis, is, Lewis has had quite a lot of requests about his view on uh, digital land. So I looked at it last night and I thought, how much can you buy digital land for? So one particular screenshot I shared with him. £360,000 for a parcel of land, digital land. So what's that, 1.8 million dirhams? About that? Wild. 2 million dirhams. What do you make of it? <laughs> okay, so here's my spin on it. So I thought, how do you make money on this land? Like, like someone messaged me build the land, by the way. Well, someone said, do you want to buy a beach condo on the... On, uh, uh, on the waterfront, it's amazing. I got my like, I'm not buying a digital piece of land. Like, why, why would I do that? It didn't make any sense. So, anyway, so I speak to a couple of developers in Dubai and I was sort of getting their opinion on it and what they're going to do with it. So, someone has bought some land in the sandbox. Is that one yes, sandbox? One, yeah. Okay. So, they've bought some land in the sandbox and their vision for it is their development. Let's say they go to launch it, you've got 500 villas. They're going to build their development in the sandbox. And then, what they're going to do is say, go walk around with your digital avatar and then go walk into your house. See what it really looks like. Have a look at your kitchen. Have a look at everything. Sit down. So will you own your digital house as well as your physical yes. house? Yes. Oh, wow. But okay. then you would sit down in the meeting. Have you seen Gymshark's done it? Where, yes, yeah, okay. yes. So they sit down and if you haven't watched it, go and watch the lad from Gymshark's. He's got, um, on, on his Instagram, he's got his, 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 his uh, mask on, the 3D Oculus, and he's sitting there and he's got all the board members around the t- and they're all moving their hands, going, oh my God, this is mad. So they're all talking. So what's gonna happen with developers if it goes down this route? And again, it's a big if, because getting people to buy into it is gonna be very difficult, you're a Joe average person. They're gonna go in, they're gonna select their villa, they're gonna sit down with their agent in the sales meeting, maybe even pick out from the TV screen, because the TV is live. You know, like when you sit in the boardroom, you present them the TV. It's, it's mind blowing. And this is the problem. I'm not dismissing this as a future. I'm not, because I'm open-minded. We don't know. The issue is, we talk about Joe Average. I asked my wife last night, I said, babe, look at this, showing the screenshot. 
I said, have you noticed about the metaverse? She started laughing at me. She said, What's, what is the metaverse? I said, you've not heard about it. Said, Try telling your wife you bought a fluffy bunny for $4,000 or trying to buy something called a fluff bunny. She said, you buy the picture. But this is a point. She didn't know what, what I was talking about. She laughed at me that I was buying or thinking about buying digital land. So our advice is keep at the studying. moment, we have no opinion at the moment. No, we. I think you just got to keep studying. I think that anything you're buying in the digital world, and this is a lesson that I've learned, NFTs, land, whatever it may be, you've got to look at the concept behind it, what they're trying to create, who the backers are, what they want to do with it. Is it going to convert it to something? What is actually, you can't just buy a picture and go, oh, that's nice because it, there's no value behind it. And don't buy a NFT that's backed by Liam, Liam Payne. Payne. <laughs> Liam Payne and Gary Vee. I'm not sure is actually there. I think someone just uploaded something and said, this is Gary Vee. You wouldn't put them together then, would you? Liam Payne and I, Gary I need Vee. to look a bit further. It's cost me $780. So I hope that it blows up. Imagine what we go on next week. And like, I've sold it 50,000. Imagine that. I'll be impressed. Liam Payne, I love you. And you'll be the NFT guru then to go to. Go see first. I won't give out advice. So a bit, big change about 2022. What's what really weird we're now working Monday to Fridays. Very strange. Like we've been used to, since we've been working here, I've been here 14 years, at Lewis 16, 17 years. Yeah. Um, and we've been used to working Sunday to Thursday. So how about you? Does it feel the week a bit longer? Yes and no. I mean, the concept behind it I get because they're trying to, the, Dubai was working Friday and Saturday was their weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and the concept to understand, they want to match up to the financial institutions around the world, so America, England, wherever it may be. It's a bit strange though, getting up in the morning on a Sunday and you get, you're like, oh no, no, no. No suits. Um, no suits. I have to text people on um, on, on uh, Sunday going, don't come into work today. Like, <laughs> remember, you're off today. So I've, I've done four years of work in England, Monday to Friday, and then I've done 16 here. It is great for us though, because we've got business businesses in the UK and we've actually now gained a day back. Yeah. You know, I can actually now have another day of calls, whereas I wouldn't do that. It's still weird waking up on a Saturday morning, having your breakfast and then thinking, oh. I think for any business, I think, look, you've just got to follow the schools and follow the governments. And that's what they're doing Monday to Friday. And I think people just have to accept the change. I mean, it's going to affect their brunches. Yes. Because is is, is Friday still exist on a brunch? Do you know, a big debate we've had in some of our offices is typically in Dubai, your busy day for viewings would have been your previous Saturday. So Friday would have been closed off. Not many people would have been been doing viewings. So the staff were asking, when should we do our viewings? When do you think it's going to be the busiest? What we've actually probably found is actually right now, every day has been busy. Yeah. There's not really not been really that solid day, rest day. Correct. Which is not a good thing. Okay, so Monday to Fridays, we were Monday to Fridays. Yeah, <laughs> and I quite like it. No, I like it. Big subject at the moment, Novak Djokovic. Oof. So he's landed in Dubai and he's off from Australia to Dubai, back to, where would he go? Serbia, back to Dubai on to Serbia. So he's actually in Serbia now. Yes. So. Anyone that's not watched the subject, it's just a, a very subjective post at the moment, flew to Australia, put his vaccine status as uh, didn't want to answer, said he had COVID, was the reason for being exempt. He had it in December, proved that he had it in December, got all the do- government documents to say, yeah, he's allowed to fly everything. He's got there. And because he's so public with what he says about COVID and the vaccine, they've canceled his visa, put him in house arrest for three days, let him out. And they overturned it and sent them back on a plane. It's mad. I've seen people in the streets like uh, protesting to get him out and whatnot. What do you think of it? Right, I'm not a medical medical officer, but what I will say is he's had COVID a few weeks before. He's d- filled all his documentation in. He's had a PCR test say he's negative. Like, it's got to be a level of 
um, what's the word? Just being sensible. Yeah. A bit of common sense. I just think it's mad. the world's gone mad. I really do. Um, I, I actually do think the world has gone mad. I mean, if you fast forward two years from now, there's already European countries that start to say we're going to class COVID as a cold. That's what they're trying yeah, to say. I, I said seeing Spain somewhere and just saying, look, we've got to live with it. Totally on board with that. I'll give the perfect example of how I think, for me, COVID just doesn't make any sense uh, as in like the world and Nova Zappos and everything else. I told you this, I went to London, I went to shows, I've seen all the shows, I went to two full places. I went to Winter Wonderland, I went everywhere, and I had to show my, I had Hosni pass. Yeah. So I've been double vaccinated, no problem, bang, bang. So showed everything, went amazing, and seen all my friends and family, felt perfect. Went to go and see my our nan, come back positive. So the question I was asking myself, cool, I felt fine, I was negative two days later. So I've gone to all these places positive, yeah? Didn't know I, I had know. it. So what's the point in the pass? Tell, just to, someone explain to me what the point of me showing that onto someone is, it's just maybe you're less likely to transmit it if you're vaccinated i don't know wild uh, uh, yeah i mean look the sooner people start realize look we're all required or asked to take a vaccine which the vast majority of the world have done yeah that's why novak djokovic has been picked up on but like, if, if we've been public. vaccinated why are we still being restricted very polit- political political so novak djokovic then let's just leave it at this he's flew in he's not he's then said that um he had it, they've cancelled his visa. Do you think they were can- right to cancel his visa or is it a vendetta because he's gone so public what he's saying? I think he's been, he's been made an example of. That's exactly what I think. I think that if it was any normal person, they wouldn't even looked into, oh, what dates you got it and everything else. So yeah, I feel sorry for the guy a little bit, but to be honest with you, if you're gonna put your neck on the line and publicly slay everything about what everyone's trying to do, then you're gonna have your eyes on you, aren't you? Yeah. Pivoting a little bit. I know it's a little bit late to the party, but we got a pretty, pretty big deal of an award, didn't we? In t- a bit late, 2020, so but it was awarded to us in December. Can we share everyone what we won? Yeah, it's a very nice award. I mean, it was awarded from uh, Marwan Bengali to the CEO of RERA. So it's, 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 it's RERA is basically the governing body of the Dubai property market, like National Association of State Agents in the UK. So we were awarded for the most sales in Dubai. Um, obviously, I think we come second last year, this year for 2021 for most leads generated on a couple of portals. So we're generating the buyers, but the main award for me is if you're selling the most properties in Dubai, you are. And it's much... been recognised by the government, which is a big deal for us. So really happy about that. Very happy. I don't think we need to say more on that. We saw more properties than anyone else in the whole of yeah. Dubai. Very good. Okay, um, big one here. Holiday homes. In the news at the moment, yeah. so we we set up our holiday homes business practically nearly a year ago. Is that what it is? A year, nearly a year ago. Wow. Yeah, and there's some unfortunately very unfortunate news come out today, which you shared on some of your social media. Do you yeah. want to share with people what happened? It's just mind blowing. Um, so there's an inherent problem in Dubai anyway where this happens. A couple of issues: buyers and tenants follow cheap deals here, and it's mind blowing. So you know, in England, you would go to Foxes and London, wouldn't you? You yeah. go to Cheston, you go and say give me your advice. Here, people will rent from any company that they've never heard of and they'll give their money and hope for the best. So what's happened in Dubai is a, there's about, I think it's 30 million dirhams, was it? I think dirhams, 30 yeah. million dirhams have been lost of clients' money. So what's happened? Short-term lettings companies have set up. And when they've set up, um, they've rented to their, their customer for uh, four checks. So they've gone and said, 100,000 dirhams, four checks, we will rent it from each of the companies, renting it from them. Then what's happened is they've rented it again for one check for like 60,000, So that, but way below market value, took the one check and gone. 
So you imagine this scenario now, we've got someone that actually works for us in this scenario. They've paid one check up front for cheap rent. So that cheap rent they've paid, the landlord's only got one check in his hand because he's got three more. Madness. So the landlord's saying, where's my money? The tenant's saying, I've gave the money to the company, I've gave you one check. And he's saying, no, I've got one check for, where's the other three and where's my money? So now there's a massive dispute with hundreds of landlords. It's crazy. There's an old saying, buy cheap, buy twice. Or rent twice. Or rent twice in this instance. And I just think what's crazy is that whilst everyone shops around for the best deal, and rightly so, like why rent off a company that's not reputable or very new to the market? Because you're really playing with fire. And you know, the likes of also, and, also, and there are other long-standing real estate companies out here as well that you can trust. The, 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 I can assure you one thing, we've been open 14 years, we will be here another 14 years, and then another 14 years Whether or not that. we're alive is different. <laughs> Whether or not we're alive. taking over at that point. But we'll be here. So if you're going to rent off someone, do it with a company. It's not us trying to sell to you. Do it with someone where you, where you part with your money. Do it with trust. Do it with knowing. It's easy to say that, but I guess when you're trying to scrape money to give rent and someone give you this life changing deal where you know you get a two bed in marina he's trying to take that logic out of it but is, surely is it's red flags if something's that cheap surely it's temptation though isn't that that, that is that and this is why it works for, for a lot of people and i think how you get around that in dubai is very simple take away the checks because you, checks we don't sign checks unless we absolutely have to but if you carry on giving checks there is always going to be a scenario where someone gives what four checks they re-rent it for one check and it will continue to happen. Do you know if you're in the UK, if you issue the check to someone and they're not 70, 80, 90 years old, they would laugh at you. Like checks in the UK are like oh, the most confused, don't they? They go. old fashioned thing. I mean, it's bizarre, even now that there's very little leverage with the laws, there's less penalties. What's the purpose? Why can't we do bank transfers? Why can't there be a little bit more recourse if someone not honoring yeah. their agreement? I agree, and that is what I think Dubai will start stepping up over the next couple of years, the digital uh, banking side of things. Last subject. Yep. Again, also a little bit controversial, Joe Rogan. Good guy. Yeah, we've listened to his podcasts. Some controversial subjects, and more recently, there was something uh, shared where Joe Rogan gets more viewers than the vast majority of the primetime US media. Who are the, who, do you know who the, who the... I had the screenshot here actually, just very quickly. So we are talking about CNN, MBB, uh, uh, MSNBC, Fox News, so very small outlets. And they're kind of saying that, you know, he's lying to the, you know, his, his listeners in terms of giving false information it's about COVID or whatever. What do you think about that? Because you could argue, is the media controlled around the world? I don't know. Those questions, I mean, I ask this question all the time. Why is it that these stories keep appearing in the main news outlets? Because they must be paid or it's clickbait. So for instance, if you keep talking at the moment about C19 and people keep worrying, keep reading about it, they're going to keep going back to the website. You keep going to the website, it means that they get more, more clicks. More clicks mean... More advertisers, more, more money. money. Yeah. So, I mean, for my theory, Joe Rogan has nothing to gain from putting out their real, real news I think that there's a lot of fear at the moment that let's say this podcast, we talk about what we want to talk about and people will listen. And the beauty about this news that we share, that we get reshared, and people educate themselves on real stuff, not just listening to mainstream media. So it's very powerful. And I think that the, the independent voice of people, especially celebrities, is only going to get stronger in the next few years. Mm. That concludes our 34th episode of Taking Care of Business. Thank you everyone for listening. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any other podcast player, as well as 
YouTube where you'll see the slightly more disappointing visual yeah. effects of myself. Faces for radio, is that what they say? Faces, Faces for radio. radio. You'll see us on there. So thank you very much for uh, watching, listening. If you can follow us, subscribe, any comments, messages you got about the podcast or anything real estate or conspiracy theories related. Send us. Happy to speak. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Cheers, guys. Bye.